0: Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and personal financial specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. Once again, Phil and I on here with uh what is this? Hack number 58, I think. No, 59. We're on number 59. Damn. How you doing, my friend? What's going on? I'm, I'm doing really good. Thanks. How about you? Hanging in there, doing pretty good. Uh, been one of those uh, computer technology gremliny mornings. You ever have those where, you know, oh, yeah. computer doesn't want to work right. The internet doesn't want to work right. Uh, my earphones died. I mean, you know, just a mess. Yeah, I,
1: I had one of those last week. I took a, a long weekend, so a couple of days out of the office and inevitably you go out, internet's down, you know, and then they can't get internet back. And it was like, you know what? Too bad. I'm gone. Too bad. I'm, right, too <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do it when I get back on Monday. It's not that nope. big of a
0: deal, so. Yeah, it's, but it, but sometimes it's like it, they come in waves, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, you just, it's like, this is, today's just going to be all day.
1: Yeah, one of those days. <laughs> one of, of those, those days. days yep.
0: yep. And it's a Tuesday uh, when we're doing this, so go figure. We
1: it's typically like having do a Monday and a Tuesday. Huh?
0: That's right. It's a Monday and a Tuesday. We typically do these on a Tuesday and we post them on a Thursday, so, uh uh, so we can get them kind of cleaned up a little bit and everything. So we try to stay somewhat topical for everybody. But this week, we're going to dive into some email questions, Phil. We we haven't gotten to as many as we try to uh, that we get into the to the show. So if you'd like to submit your own, go to philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. You can submit an email question to the show. So we're just going to do all emails today. So David in Livonia says... Uh, Phil, my father-in-law recently passed away and left us some money that we were not expecting. Uh, We don't need it and we would like to give it to our son who could use it, but I'm nervous he'll just blow it on a Camaro. (laughs) Specific car, David. Uh, Good choice.
1: He must have been eyeing that one. He might have been, yeah, Uh,
0: and that will be the end of that. So, do you have any suggestions for how we could handle, I guess, curtailing uh, this situation?
1: Well, I I guess the the good thing, David, is since your father-in-law named you and presuming your wife as as the beneficiary, it's your money, right? So, I mean, you do control it. You can give it to your son whenever you choose. I mean, if that is a concern, hold on to it until, you know, maybe a specific need comes up like a house or, you know, wherever you would see that money being more appropriately spent. Um, The the challenge in this scenario to you, though, is going to be more from a tax standpoint, And if that money that was left to you is, for instance, an IRA or a non-qualified annuity where there's some built-in gain and taxable income that you're going to have to realize, you know, that's unfortunately kind of the the cost to maintain and hold on to the money. Okay, Um, There are some other ways to, to get around that if, for instance, you're son was named as a contingent beneficiary, you could disclaim your interest and let it fall directly to him. You lose control, but then the, uh, the tax burden falls to him as well. So Gotcha. So yeah, in your scenario, unfortunately, um, you know, from a tax standpoint, you're gonna have to bear the burden if you wanna maintain the control.
0: All right, thanks so much, David. We appreciate it. Keep listening to the podcast and uh, let's see what Sally's got for you in Farmington. And she said, uh, Phil, I just heard that I can get half of my ex-husband's social security benefit is that true? Can I really take half of it away from him? <laughs> is there any kind of, are you poking the bear at all there? Are you hoping poking the
1: bear, Sally? I was going to say that that sounds like there's an, an ulterior motive to that.
0: animosity but, maybe?
1: That, just a not. little bit. but Well, let me, let me answer you this way, Sally. So you are absolutely correct. You can get half of his benefits. So that is true. It's a, uh, a spousal benefit for an ex-spouse. One better than that, if he passes away, you're going to get 100% of his benefit. So we talk about that. That's the surviving spousal benefit, survivor's benefit. Um, and I always joke when we go through that in a class is that I don't want to hear any mysterious stories about ex-spouses passing away over the weekend, you know, now, <laughs> that, now that that cat's out of the bag. But, right, right. Um, but so, I mean, that part of it is true. Um, right. The the there's reality though yeah. yeah the whatever you do whether he passes away and you get the the surviving benefit the hundred percent of the benefit or you take a, a spousal benefit it's not going to affect his benefit so he's still going to get his full benefit yeah. in fact if he's remarried his current wife can also file for spousal benefits yeah and if there's been more than one ex spouse um, as many that have qualified and the qualification is ten years of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, could all file and get spousal benefits.
0: Now, she herself cannot be married, uh, correct? Right,
1: and you, correct. Yeah, the, yeah. The, for your standpoint, your caveat is you cannot be married.
0: Yeah, correct. and it's not like you get half of his and yours. It's the greater it, of it, the two.
1: Correct, yeah. You're, yeah. Only, you're only getting one benefit, yeah. no matter what benefit it is you file yeah. for. But, I mean, it, the, the bottom line is there are some potential planning opportunities. Sure, yeah. You know, depending, again, on age and, and when you're born, there could be an opportunity of maybe filing for the spousal benefit for a period of years, letting yours grow. Right. You
0: right. Know, so. and, and not to poke the bear, Sally, but the, the part that just kind of struck me is that you say, can I really take half of it away from him? I yep, hate, to, yep. hate to bum you out if you are looking to, you know, kind of stick <laughs> to him. He won't know. <laughs>
1: he won't know. Yeah. And that's.
0: He'll have no idea that you're doing it. So.
1: And that's the other part of it too, is really, he doesn't need to know because oftentimes that comes up where you know i don't even want to get into that you don't
0: have to get get anything right nope
1: yeah so i mean all you need to to do is you have to have a marriage certificate showing you were married you have to have a divorce decree so they can determine yeah you were married you met the 10 years um obviously his social data birth, the identifying information with that go down to the social security office they'll tell you what you're entitled to they're not going to tell you what his benefit is right um, but
0: they'll let you know this is what you're entitled to my mom actually did that she's 79 now but at 77 she actually uh filed and got a little bit of extra from her first husband who is also he's been passed away for a number of years uh for a couple of years so it is possible uh, and, and I think that's, you know, we could get off on a tangent, but that's probably some of the things that social security may have to start looking at, you know, fixing to kind of shore up, uh, you know, the finances that they're dealing with. There's, there's some things in there they could probably plug a few holes that might, uh, keep it solvent longer, but that's a yeah, conversation. Yeah. C-
1: <clears throat> certain, certain things. I don't think the originators of some of these laws really anticipated when right. they put yeah, it together. Right. Exactly. So.
0: To your point, multiple spouses, whatever the case is. So that's a conversation for another day. We'll keep doing emails for today. So thank you, Sally. We appreciate it. Uh, Reach out to Phil if you'd like to. The number's on the screen uh, or you can call 248-888-7530. Elizabeth in Plymouth says, Phil, there's a section on my 401k statement showing that I can expect to create an income of about $4,000 a month from my current account balance. How reliable is that number when they put that on your statement? And are they basing it on anything that makes any sense?
1: That's a great question. Um, And something that um, I've always had a concern with, right? Because uh, I've often seen it on there where they'll put that on there and they'll also list your estimated Social Security benefit. Understand it's an estimate. And I'm sure if you read it close enough, there's going to be all sorts of disclosures and disclaimers on that. Mm -hmm. And that is truly what it is. It's simply an estimate. Um, how is it calculated? They're making some general assumptions on rates of return, you know, based on how that account's invested and, you know, probably following, and again, you'd have to get into the disclosures, but some kind of a distribution rule of three, 4%, whatever it happens to be in, in determining what that safe amount is or how much you could pull from that account. Gotcha. Um, so it's a good rule of thumb. You know, I, I always talk about it, you know, is kind of doing one of these things. If you want kind of an estimate of what I think it's going to be. Yeah, it's, it's probably in the ballpark. Um, would I retire and start taking 4000 a month out of it? Absolutely not. You've got to have a plan and and understand, is it invested properly to help hedge against downsides and everything else? Because that's the other side of the equation that they're not accounting for. They're assuming everything happens equally and, you know, ratably throughout the year. And there is never a, a downturn. It's always a equal right. X percent, whatever it is. So, which... We all know doesn't happen, yeah. but it's it sounds a little rose colored glasses maybe just a little. It, it is, it is definitely a little bit in the rose colored glasses. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's a good ballpark gives you an sure. idea of, of exactly. the potential.
0: All right Elizabeth well thank you so much for the question we appreciate it keep listening to the show and of course if you haven't subscribed yet to the show you can do so by going to com. that's philstaxhacks.com for anybody listening who uh, would like to just hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're using uh, also on YouTube as well so you can check it out there we basically just film our conversation and then we put it out there as well so whether it's audio or the video side of things all right, let's keep moving along because we're going to try to get through as many of these as we can in our normal time frame. We've got uh, Ian in Northville, and he says <laughs> this is really small font, so <laughs> you have to forgive me. Uh, but he says uh, my long my long term care policy says it will pay out a maximum of two hundred and fifty grand during my lifetime. Is that enough coverage? Do you think, Phil?
1: Um, really, kind of depends on on what you're trying to cover, you know, and how much. And there's a lot of pieces to that you have to understand. So all long-term care policies are are designed around typically some kind of a daily benefit is is how it's usually defined. You know, so you get X amount a day for a certain number of years, and then it gives you this pool, this maximum amount of benefit during your lifetime. So the first thing to understand is, yeah, that might be what you have, but if it's a five-year distribution or coverage period you have, that's 50,000 a year. So it's not like you can go in and, you know, you think you're only going to have one year, so you're going to pick the Hilton of the long-term care facilities and max this thing out in year one. Yeah, They're going to limit you to this is how much you get a year. Um, is it enough? It really depends on what kind of coverage you're, you're wanting to, to receive. You know, in-home care possibly could be, but typically as you progress in need, the, the care costs go up. Mm-hmm. Um, I know right now the kind of the national average for um, a semi-private um, nursing home you're in the 92 to 95,000 range, you know? So, um, and that's in today's dollars. And that's actually the other piece of this that you really have to understand is if this is in today's dollars, does it have a cost of living rider adjustment on it? So it's going to increase each year. Um, If not, then you have to kind of speed forward to when you think that potential might be and, and what the cost would be at that point. And if you don't have, this is going to be a smaller pool because, unfortunately, long-term care expenses grow faster than inflation or historically they have.
0: Uh, let's keep Absolutely. moving along. Uh, red. Cool name.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. My favorite red. color, so that's good. <laughs> your favorite, Yeah, it's your, it's your truck. Yeah. That's right. uh, red Novi says, Phil, I never worried too much about the market when I was working, but now that I'm retired, my stomach just knots up when I watch the Dow, especially this year, obviously. Should I move everything to cash so that I just don't worry so much, especially with the upcoming uh, election? Well, that's very topical.
1: Yeah, there, so there's a lot of pieces in that one. That, that question is too, uh, or as well. So, I mean, it, it is natural as you, you age and you get closer to retirement um, that you really start looking more at the volatility in a portfolio and how it's going to affect you because it now does affect you potentially a lot more if you're pulling money out of it especially right um but I mean kind of taking that extreme and going to everything in cash there's risk there too that it's not the market now but now you have inflationary risk which in today's market you our know, inflationary environment yeah. doesn't sound like a lot but any money in the bank historically has never kept up with inflation it's just not what it's designed to do it's you're, lose,
0: yeah. you're losing purchasing power you're yep. losing money safely whatever term you want to use
1: yeah yeah I mean it's sometimes people refer to it as a, a easiest way to go broke safely is money in the <laughs> bank, right? Because your feels good. It's not going down in value. You see it growing a little bit, but the spending power on that goes down each day, Yeah, you know, with inflation. So definitely I wouldn't move everything to cash, um, you know, unless you're trying to time a market and, and concerned with the volatility of what's going to happen in an election period. And you want to just get out and try to get back in. Um, again, whole other story to tell, you know, discussion point there, but um, I mean,
0: I think you yeah. hit it right on the head though, Phil. I mean, like if he's already retired and yeah. it's causing him stress, we talked about the tummy rule many times, Yep. yep. you know, go in and, and sit down and work with an advisor and go through and see what you can do to stay ahead of inflation, but also just pull some off the table or out of the market or whatever the case is to get you feeling better through um, yeah. retirement. I mean, there's no reason to stay in knots. There's there's so many
1: people oh, no, so out there. Yeah, and that's why, and we've talked about this before, but I mean, our, our process is we use this bucket type plan where, right. or scenario where we have money that we're, we know we're going to be spending in the next 10 to 11 years, that's in a very safe, secure investment where we're not going to lose volatility, you know, not going to lose money to the market with volatility. Right. Um, you still have some money, the later bucket, we call it, that is for more long-term growth. You need to, to plan for inflation, and keep up with it but that we're not planning on touching for 10 or more years, so we have some time to ride through a little bit of that up and down. Yeah, And for our clients, at least I know, having that kind of a structure in place makes volatile markets a lot more easy to stomach because they know that, you know, my paycheck that I'm getting next week or the month after next year isn't gonna be affected by what's going on in the market today, so.
0: Yeah, and there's so many different investment investing vehicles, financial vehicle products, yep. whatever you wanna talk about, Red, that can, you know, working with the right advisor, putting the right plan together can get you into some areas where uh, alleviate some of these issues. These are, these are probably pretty fixable issues.
1: Oh, absolutely. And yeah, it, it all comes down to having a plan.
0: Uh, all right. So let's see what we can do here with Jake in Farmington Hills. Not Farmington. That was earlier with Sally. This is Farmington Hills. And he says, uh, I'm getting a big tax refund this year uh, and, and have for the last couple of years, which it's nice to get that refund. Mm -hmm. But am I better off, you know, to keep more money throughout the year? We talked about that before, Phil. I was always told that like zero was ideal, right? 500 or less, either direction was like where you want to shoot for. Because you could live with a $500 bill or you get $500 back or whatever the case is. But 500 down to zero was like the way to go um, ideally. As a CPA, does that make sense?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and this is, you know, as a CPA, a financial advisor, that scenario is, to me, kind of the worst scenario just because, again, you're giving the, the IRS a, a, an interest-free loan all year. You're, you're letting them use your money all year long, get it back at the end of the year. Ideally, you know, if it's you're getting, let's say, $2,400 back at the end of the year, come back here withholding 200 a month and put that money in the bank. I mean, now yeah. you're getting a little bit of interest and you have access to it throughout the year if you need it.
0: Right. Um, uh, add it to your uh, to your retirement plan, or to what? the retirement plan.
1: Yeah, it, it kind of depends on what you use it for. I mean, I've you know heard all sorts of stories of some clients use that as well. That's their Christmas fund, so to speak, right? It comes around go. the time the bills come in from Christmas, so it's a way they save for Christmas. I would say the only way that makes sense is if you don't think you're disciplined and in, and in, in good with money enough to take the extra money, put it in the bank, and don't touch it. Yeah. So that it's there for you at that later stage, then maybe this is a good option. But
0: yeah. personally I, I would word.
1: not recommend it. Yeah, so, discipline's a key
0: word. I mean a, a lot of times finances comes down to discipline and yeah. <laughs> a lot of us don't do a great job at that. And and that's why we hopefully turn to somebody who can help us with a little bit of discipline, right? Uh, yeah in the areas that we're lacking. But yeah, I would, I would try to maybe, I mean, you're already thinking about that, Jake, it sounds like, you know, keeping more money throughout the year. Uh, okay. You didn't give us your age or anything like that. So we don't know, but it may be worthwhile to just pair that off as Phil suggested and maybe start, you know, pumping more into your retirement accounts uh, as you're getting closer to retirement. I assume if you're listening to our show, you're probably, you're probably um, in that in that wheelhouse, right? You know, so you're starting to probably start Uh, starting to think like that. So uh, give him a call, have a conversation with him and reach out to him at 248-888-7530 and just uh, talk about your scenario and how to better do this. Again, as we mentioned, Phil's got almost 30 years of experience. He is a CPA uh, as well as a personal uh, financial specialist. So great resource for you to tap into. Uh, We've got a couple more, but we'll we'll save those for another show. We'll add them as we can. But uh, as always... Yeah, we appreciate the questions coming in. Feel free to continue to do so. Uh, Go to philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. You can find all the outlets there to get whatever you need, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify for uh, the audio podcast. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. You can send him a question there. Uh, You can go to Phil's uh, Facebook page, whatever you'd like to do. We have links to his regular uh, website as well. All of that on philstaxhacks.com, kind of one central outlet there for you. But as always, if you've got questions or concerns, before you take any action, you should always talk with a professional about your specific situation. So call Phil at 248-888-7530, 248-888-7530. And Phil, my friend, thank you for your time as always, buddy. I hope you have a great thank week. You. you too. Take can work. We're going to try. We'll see you next time right here on Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Phil. Facts.